Hello friends and welcome to the latest Kings of Anglia podcast. Ipswich Town's competitive season is up and running. They're unbeaten, they've scored three, they haven't conceded at all. I don't know what all the concern was about in the build-up to these games. Pre-season means nothing. It's the land of overreaction, officially proved. I am Mark Heath, I'm your host as ever. And I'm proud to say, pleased to say, delighted to say that the whole damn band is here. And I've, it's been a while since I've been able to say that. The wit, the prospect and the mind are all here. And we're going to break down Town's unbelievably good start to the season. Maybe getting a little overboard. Um, let's start, of course, with the prospect, oh. Ross Halls. How are you? I'm very well, thank you. I've um, changed my name. I think I should be the tit, really, because I am the... Well, I'm the tit. Oh, OK. You can't, you, you can't... Well, I suppose you can have two tits. That, that, is, yeah. that is actually correct physiologically. But um, I think <laughs> there's only space only space for one tit on this show, and that's me, my friend. You're the prospect. Okay. Um, the artist formerly known as Producer Ross, because obviously you don't really produce much anymore. You're now, no. you're now the prospect yeah. slash Roscoe. Yeah. So there you go. Good to have you on board, my friend. Pleasure. And your your partners in crime, the dynamic duo, the guys who are most important to the show. Hutch Hogan, Andy Warren, how are you? Please stop saying that. We're not. What? We're, what? We're, what? We're, Hutch we're Hogan. Not, no, we're not the most important. This, well, of course this, you are. This if, is this is silly. If you weren't here, no one would listen, my friends. It would just be me and Ross banging on about beards oh, and stuff. I think you'd be. I think you'd be surprised. Well, anyway, how are you, Hutchie? I'm all right, thank you. I'm in our office. I know. In our uh, old in our old studio. I was stat- we have a, a little Teams chat on a Monday morning about the week ahead and, and kickoff supplement this morning. And I was staggered when you rocked up on the uh, on the Teams video in the office. Um because you weren't a fan of being in the office anyway. Uh and I can't think frankly, I can't think of a worse place to be if I don't have to be there than our office. So uh, in- interesting move, but you're quite enjoying it, you were saying. Yeah, I, I think I'd, I think I would quite happily split my time. I don't, I don't think the days of us being in the office Monday, Monday to Friday, are going to come back, are they? But um, yeah, it's quite nice, quite a refreshing change, particularly because my home office is um, full of old bathroom and boxes of of building stuff, so not the most conducive working environment, but. Yeah, down the office, isn't it? Absolutely. We'll come have back to that in a minute. Have seen... wanna... Sorry. Have you seen that ridiculous, talking of going back to the office, the ridiculous tube advert? That's oh, talk... de- that's... Yeah. That, that's... Second, second family, all that shit. Yeah, hearing an alarm, putting on a tie, receptionists, mm. just stuff like that. Yeah, proper bants, I think, was in there as well. Yeah, there's none. There's there was, none of there, that there, going on. It was meant to be the things you miss about the office, wasn't it? But for me, it was just like a list of the, all the worst things about being in an office. Yeah, proper uh, bounce. Yeah. yeah, yeah. I can I, I can see our receptionist Monica at the moment. She's yes. now in she's in a glass case of case of emotion now. <laughs> Excellent. Uh, just covered with covered with screens. <laughs> no, no, nobody's coming in to reception, are they? No. Let's, let's be honest. Uh, but she. She's there. We'll have some. We'll have some proper bands later. And you've you've already heard him, obviously, because he, he he ruined my intro by talking over me. Um, the doctor, Stuart Watson. How are you, my friend? Hi. Sorry about that. I'm good, Di- thank you. Dynamics, Stu, please. Yeah. Can uh, we can we can we switch on? Yeah, yeah. I'm here. I'm in. <laughs> I'm in the house, and I'm ready to talk about Ipswich Town, who are gonna piss the league. Come on. <laughs> That's more like it, Stu. Maybe dial it down a little bit um, okay. for the for the, the show. Keep that for the live pod. Before we get going, live pod Wednesday this week, 7pm. Sign up if you haven't already to the Zoom link so you can interact with us and speak to your heroes, Stuart, Andy and Ross. Uh, or also you can just watch. If you'd rather just watch passively and not really, uh, not really get involved too much, it will be screened live on Facebook as well. So really looking forward to that. Wednesday, 7pm. Please do join us. Now then, boys, obviously... Town are back in action. We've got that to talk about. There's also a bit of Flynn Down stuff going on. But first of all, it was a big week last week for two of you. Um, Stewie, it was the first day at school for your little girl. So I, I feel it would be remiss of us as a group, as a KOA army, not to share in that. Uh, how did it go? It, it was fine. I, um, I thought I was going to be all sort of emotional and teary about it. But to be quite honest, I was ready. She was ready. Everyone in our house was ready. Yeah. Um, I think that one of the last time we did a pod, I was solo dadding and trying to do a day's work 
um, that 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 finished me off. So um, <laughs> there was uh, I, I was ready. Yeah. And uh, she was okay with it. She had a good time. There was no no tears or anything like that. Yeah, she's fine. Yeah, she's taken to it well. So uh, all good. Superb. Excellent to hear. Uh, we should also mention there's been a few technical issues with Stu's mic, as a lot of you have been noticing. Uh, do apologise for that. We hope we've sorted it out this week. He's got a proper mic and a splitter and everything. And to me, Stu, you, you're coming over loud and clear, which is how we want you to. So fingers crossed that um, that problem is in the past. Hutchie, big week for you last week as well. You were off. You are in the process of having a new bathroom installed. How on earth is that going, my friend? Big week. Yeah. Um, um yeah, it's half done. It's all right. How's it looking? It's just a building site at the moment. Uh, there is a toilet in there that doesn't necessarily work, but doesn't might... doesn't doesn't necessarily. You kind of need to know. Well, you... well, maybe I used it before it was ready to be used. Oh but, no! But it, it but it but Did it's you... fine. It's fine. Was it, was it solid? No, it's fine. Could have been worth it. Build as a gift. <laughs> Look, if they're going to leave it there over the weekend without telling me the state that it's really in, then it's it's going to get used, isn't it? So, You're going to try it. So they yeah. they they returned on the this morning, did they, to find a, a nice big bowl of two day old piss? No, it, no, no, it's fine. I, I I managed to kind of get rid of it. Uh, what? <laughs> <laughs> let's, no, just, no, let's just no. let's just move, let's just move let's just move on. Come on, so you scooped? No, we need to know. You scooped it up. What did you do? No, no, I was I was able to flush it, but I had to kind of manually work the system myself. Ah, excellent. Good mental image there. Right then, boys. Yeah, let's move from, on. From Andy's pissing in his in his new toilet, which didn't work, to to town surprisingly working really well this weekend. Can, can we just stay on urine for a second? Actually, did yeah. you did you weigh yours the other week in the end? Uh, I'm still on the uh, I'm still on the two point two pound PB, my friend. Um, that's that's a that's a liter. I haven't managed to best that yet. What I'm really interested to know because we've got we've got some big lads in the Carey Army. Um, I'm talking physically large people who I imagine have large bladders. So surely 2.2 pounds is going to be breakable. Um, have we? How do you know that? Well, I've, I've seen videos that Ross does of the KI Army. We've got big John Watson, for example, up north. He's about six foot seven. His, <laughs> his, his, his bladder must be about three litres, I'd imagine. Um, so if you, really, if you really commit to it, I reckon we could have a, a half stone piss. Um, who knows? Well, hopefully this is the sort of stuff we'll talk about during the live pod. <laughs> hopefully. Hopefully. Yeah. Hopefully, fingers crossed. Uh, anyway, boys, what do you want to talk about? We've got, obviously, the, the game, Bristol Rovers and, and a certain Mr. Aaron Drynan playing a starring role. And we've also got the Flynn Down stuff. Do you want to, what do you want to do first? Let's start with the game. Let's do the game. Right, before we get going, I want to read something that Andy Warren wrote in his Sunday Snap, because I think this sums up perfectly where we are as a country, as a nation, and also as an Ipswich Town fan-supporting KOA Army. If you were to turn back the clock to March, and I was to tell you that in September of this year, we would be talking about Toto Inciala playing a through ball for Aaron Drynan to run onto and create a goal inside an empty Portman Road, you would surely assume I was talking about an under-23 game. But no, that is the new reality. That's the new normal. And that's what happened for the first game on Saturday, uh, first goal on Saturday. Boys, it was in incredibly impressive and slightly surreal stuff, wasn't it? Nay normal. Mm. Yeah, it also felt like we'd gone back in a time machine to 2014-15 with Luke Chambers playing well at right back and Freddie Sears scoring a couple of goals and um, all very strange. The, the whole experience of watching competitive football in an empty ground is is weird. It's not right, but it was good to have some football back and it was good to have some some positivity as well after having five, six months to kind of stew over last season. For us, it's nice to have some football to kind of fill that, that news void again at last. Mm. Hutchie, what did you make here? The team selection, first of all, obviously young Mr. Drynan came in from the cold. I assumed that Drynan's chance was, was gone, um, having been far back out to the under-23s and not playing at Cambridge. But then he not only did he start, but he, uh, he played incredibly well. He did play. He did play very well. Um, the, the, what, what did I think of the team? I think that was the, the team was characterised by by injury and absence in in many in many areas. Kane, Kane Vincent Young would have started at right back. Hmm. Flynn Downs would have started in midfield. 
he's done himself no harm at all, but Aaron Drynan wouldn't have started up front had had other options been available. So that that's what the team was characterised by. But really, all of the areas that you'd have looked at that team and thought, oh, hang on a second, I'm not sure about that, i.e. Chambers at right back at 34 and then untried Drynan up front, both of them, both of them did well. So um, you could, whatever misgivings you had about the team at, at two o'clock, by kind of half past three, quarter to four kind of time, you'd already seen enough to think actually, you know what, they may not be, uh, they may not have been the first choice options there, but they both did really well. So uh, yeah. no, no complaints there whatsoever. Roscoe, you were um, slightly different experience of things. Obviously, you were watching at home. Um, COVID means that uh, only Stu and Andy can go to physically go to town games at the moment, and potentially only one of them going forward to away games. So, uh, what did you make of it watching at home? Were you, were you impressed? Yeah, um, I don't want to be negative as well, but Bristol Uh-oh. Rovers were shit. To be fair, I don't think they were very, very good. But um, yeah, I was yeah positive. You know, to win a cup game is a nice little bonus as well because we're not very good in the cups, are we? So. Mm. Uh, yeah, it was strange being at home. Like to watch a game at three p.m. on a Saturday is that is the strangest thing because you know it's not normally live, is it? So being at home watching it was very strange. But but yeah, good positive start of the season. Good old Dryden, you know he yeah come out of the cold as you said and he did it right. And um, you know Chambers did okay at right back. Yeah, I mean obviously the. What what did you make of um of t- the Toto and Wolfenden pairing, boys? Because I, I assumed if Chambers was going to play right back, I'd always kind of assume that Wilson would be the the guy who stepped in alongside Wolfie. But they were solid, yeah. Um, yeah. Can't really fault them. <clears throat> Bristol Rovers. I think the the major caveat here is that Bristol Rovers didn't have a a recognised striker. Um, they started with Sam Nicholson up front. There's some signing who I think is more of a winger. Obviously, they've lost Johnson Clark Harris to to Peterborough, so. There is that to consider, but I'd rather sort of focus on the positives of Ipswich in terms of how well they played. I think a lot of it was them preventing Bristol Rovers from from being any good. Mm. That's, they've got some decent players in that team. You know, Westbrook played most of Coventry's games last year and they won the league. I think Max Aimer, who they signed from Gillingham, their captain at the back, he's a good player. And uh, Ipswich, that is as comfortable as I've felt watching... Ipswich for a long, long time. You know, how many times do they get into the leading games and then you feel nervy about it? And and maybe not having fans there benefited them, not having mm. that sort of level of pressure. It might suit them starting this season with, with an empty stadium because of the hangover of last season. There might have been an edginess about the ground. There's been a lot of talk about Lambert and the mood in the camp and we, we've gone round and round in circles and all of that. So may, maybe that helped them. But not once in that game did I did I feel like Ipswich weren't going to win once they'd taken the lead. Mm. Wolfenden, Wolfenden in particular seemed to me like he, he didn't need to get out of second gear at, at the back. He, he never looks like he's gone beyond third gear at the best of times. He's he's that relaxed and calm about things. But he there was a calmness to him. Toto Toto Toto's had a decent preseason, didn't he? It, all in all, um, decent enough. And uh, he was largely untroubled as well. Um, he, and then they, they even did well in the, in the second half as well when Bristol Rovers did bring on bring on a physical striker. They coped with that well enough as well. Yeah, there wasn't the threat there that you would maybe have got had there been a Clark-Harris figure um, or had they been playing against a more potent strike force. But I think, like Stu said, it's important to, to look at the positives of Ipswich and, and sticking to a system, playing to it. Everybody knew their role within it. And it was very organised and, and very comfortable. Just as just as you said, you never really thought there was going to be any other any other outcome. What, what it, I liked, sorry, just to add another point, is Ipswich did to Bristol Rovers what I thought a lot of teams did to them last year. So it was they nullified a wing back system. So how many times did we see Ipswich play wing backs last season and then have to abandon it mid mid game because they were getting overnumbered, outnumbered down the down the flank? So I thought. Okay, Ward, Warden Chambers, 34, 35-year-old fullbacks. It will be interesting to see how they get on if it's two proper wingers with 
supporting fullbacks up against them, but they weren't. They were up against wingbacks and they took a high starting line. They pinned them back and they nullified that threat. And also, I would say sort of a, from a physical viewpoint, Bristol Rovers didn't have too much physicality through their team. And last season, there were a lot of times where we thought, hmm, Ipswich are getting getting a bit physically bullied. And and it was nice to see that they kind of won those battles all over the pitch. I think Drynan adds a bit of physicality at the top end of it. Toto, and he sort of pointed out that his role in, in Chambers' goal at kind of blocking off at corners, um, <clears throat> Chambers winning a header. I mean, when's the last time Ipswich scored or looked like a threat from set pieces? And that was that was at least one of their threats under Mick McCarthy is that you always felt that they would score from set pieces with regular regularity throughout the season. But um, they just looked like they had a bit more physicality about Bristol Rovers and tactically they played it really well. So tons and tons of positives to take from the game for me. Fantastic. I just want to drop in some thoughts from the, from the KOA army and it's overwhelmingly positive. Simon Bartlett says, I like the look of Giselle in the pivot role. Uh, it kept the tempo of the game high. I feel if you keep hold of Downs, who plays a more aggressive role, then the three of Dezel, Bishop, brackets if he stays fit, and him could tear up the league this year. I mean that that if that is the starting three, then that is a that is a superb midfield three. Should be capable of bossing the league. And obviously Nolan stepped in for Downs, uh, Hutchie. What do we make of Nolan? Because he's kind of he's one of those players who's kind of up and down, and and he's never mm. truly found that consistency. Uh, there's obviously a really good player in there somewhere. But what did you make of him on Saturday? Yeah, he's some he's someone I've always really liked. I was, I was maybe a little surprised that it was him that was given that role rather than rather than Hughes. Mm. But you know, John Nolan, he did okay. He had some he had some good moments on the ball. He's he's always careful in possession. He'll keep the ball for you. And if if the aim of the team is to get the ball to Dazelle and then use it out wide from there, if you've got someone like Nolan who can give it to him and, and be responsible in possession himself, then. Um, that can only be a good thing. He had some good, good defensive moments as well. So I've always, I've always liked John Nolan, but he, he's as frustrating as they come, really, because there is a player there. I, I like, I like him as a football player, but you just want him to do it consistently. He never really got going last season. This time, this time last season, he was still coming back from a summer injury. He was another one of the the ten or so players that missed the start of last season through injury, and always felt like he was playing catch up. So. Um, for him to to start in this game, um, and you never know, he may may start tomorrow night against Arsenal. Um, mm. That can only be a good thing for him. He he seems like the kind that that needs momentum, and he also seems like the kind. They, Lambert and and his assistant Stuart Taylor spoke a lot last season about players not being able to handle the expectation that was placed on you by a, a twenty thousand crowd. Mm. I always I always felt they were talking about about John Nolan being as being one of those one of those players. So he's one that I, I've always felt maybe could benefit from this situation where there are, are no no fans in the ground and he can just, just play his game. Mm. Let me take a few more thoughts and then uh, I've got something I want you all to do. Mike King, decent result and performance, but in truth, I see this as a pre-season game and the proof of the pudding will be when the league kicks off. Our mate Lib over in America says, I listened to it, uh, pleased from the reports and highlights, still unsure about the defence. That's how they say That's how they say defence in America. Uh, but I'm encouraged. Uh, Brad, Andre Dezelle is a joy to watch. Drynan deserves to start next Sunday. Bishop finds it too easy. I prefer Chambers, the backup right back. Um, Wilson can fill in next to Wolf if KVY is out. John Collis, Roscoe, someone you spoke to for your, your new uh, My ITFC video feature live now. Go and watch that. Very positive performance, including Drizzy. However, I think it's too early for him and alone is required. In my opinion, a fit KJ and Norwood start ahead of him with Ollie Hawkins on the bench. I like the look of Toto and Wolf partnership. And no reason to change from that. Both looked very composed. Um, <laughs> Mouth11 says, I'm feeling like an abused partner right now and that things look fine at the moment, but everyone knows it's just a matter of time before it goes wrong again. I've been hurt too many times before to get excited. Jamie Carpenter feeling positive for the first time in a long time. Hoping Lambert sticks with the same team, but worry he'll change it as usual. And Harvey Davis, the sweet Welsh prince, included in Roscoe's fan game day extra time preview of the season. again available now go back and watch that also available as a podcast to listen to with uh, with harvey david and liam from crew that was a good listen indeed ross um so do go back and listen to it if you haven't already harvey says really pleased with performance 433 worked really well and some impressive individual performances there wards a very solid left back and i wonder if garbage is now regretting not taking a club any sooner but we have one 
we have to address the pin. Our old friend, the pin, friend of the show, says, I have never felt so underwhelmed. Cheer me up. So, Roscoe, I want you all to, I want you all to give something to the pin to cheer him up. So, Roscoe, cheer the pin up. I take away from that game to cheer the pin up. Uh, well, Stu's already mentioned it, but we actually scored a goal via a set piece. So, <laughs> we didn't really see many of them last season. So, there you go. What do we make of the Chamber celebration as well? The fingers in the ears, the more love, less hate sort of thing. Do you know what? Whatever he, that man needs to use as motivational fuel, <laughs> then, then go, and, go and use it, my friend, because that's got to be a good thing. If that, if that leads to that sort of level of results and if, if he and the team collectively need to use any of the criticism that came from last season, which there's no getting away from it, was, was fair. I don't think any of the criticism that came regarding last season was, was over the top from, from us as the media, from fans in general. Hmm. They messed it up last season. And, you know, for all of the, from all of the talk about sort of it coming from the top, from Marcus and Lambert's inefficiencies as a manager, the players uh, don't get away with what happened last season, Scott Free. They're the ones that, that crossed the white line and they should have been, they were better than an 11th place finish and their record from November all the way through to, to March. Um, so, you know, I think Freddie Sears touched on it in his post-match interview with, with Andy that they knew they needed to get off to a good start. They're very aware of some of the, the outside noise that they talk about. Um, sorry, you're getting a bit of feedback there, aren't you? Getting a bit of echo. Getting a bit of echo there, Stu. Um, but, yeah, you, listen, if, if, it, if it helps them and motivates them and drives them, then, then great. So, um, Stewie, something to cheer the pin up. You mentioned Sears there. We've not we've not talked about at all. Obviously, scored twice, which is fantastic for Freddie. Um, is that something you throw into the mix as well? The return of Freddie Sears? Uh, yes, yeah, I think so. Um, I I think he I think he's quite well suited to that wide left in a in a four three three. He was actually starting to get a bit of his mojo back when Lambert first arrived in in the Championship, playing in that role. I think when he played wide under Mick McCarthy, he became a bit of a up and down hustler bustler didn't really have that attacking edge to him but I think the way that they're playing this system quite suits Freddie timed his runs in off the flank to to score those goals so um that would that would be a positive definitely um just just the identity and the way that they're trying to to settle on a system and play a certain way and it sounds like this year they're going to stick to that and um I was quite heartening listening to Matt Gill speak after the game. There's a piece that will be online at, at some point later today from him talking about consistency is going to be key this season and that if they're going to be asking for consistency from the players, then them as staff need to give that same level of consistency back, which I thought was a, a really good point. And, and I like the fact that the coaching staff, Lambert included, are talking quite humbly about the lessons learnt from last season. and. Um, you know, it's all very well people going, oh, it's ridiculous that they're completely U-turning on things from last season. That's a good thing, isn't it? That they're, they're big enough to realise that mistakes were made last season and they're going to change mm. things and go down the route that a lot of people were, were calling for rather than stick, digging their heels in and sticking to their guns. So I'm, I'm, I'm encouraged by those sort of noises as well. Super. Hutchie, make it a full house. Give something for our friend The Pin to be cheery about. You know what? I'm I'm happy that Toto's happy. Yes. And I think I think that man needs to be happy. I don't think he's enjoyed himself over the last well year, really. Um I think he's probably quite happy today. And mm. uh, and that and that makes me happy because we've we've seen this before. Let's not get let's not get our head of us ahead of ourselves. We've seen Toto have good games. Remember the Leeds game on the final day of the the championship season. Um, he he was brilliant in that game, and then it all went wrong. and And it can do for him. He's he, he's a, a player that at times you felt that there are, there is a mistake coming. Um, mm. But he's happy, and I think a happy Toto could produce a um, could produce a good centre back for it. Which I'm not getting not getting too carried away about this one, but you never know. You never know, but I, I just I like it when he smiles. 
I should probably point out in the uh, one to add to the uh, the file marked Heath knows nothing. Um, in our, in the preseason beers, we're, we're spinning out um, stuff for the, for online and, and web uh, for print rather. Um, I did a bit about Towns Forgotten Men and gave them each an impact rating, chances of making an impact, uh, and I gave Toto one out of ten. So uh, egg on my face, potentially not for the first time. Anyway, um, a few more thoughts. I've got but, a couple more. But Mark, to be fair, you have been calling uh, Aaron Drynan as the saviour for a number of years now. So yeah. That trumps everything, right? Fingers crossed. I mean, I'm not going to celebrate too much until he actually scores in a competitive game. But hey, who'd have ever thought we got to this point with Drynan? It's tremendous. I mean, Cram- I mean that that was that was born out of an egg on face moment, wasn't it? And look what's look, yeah, what, true. look what's happened Absolutely. now. So yeah. Another. What two years down the line, Toto might be the saviour as well. (laughs) I have I have a lot of egg on the old face. What I do love most, uh, or what I love a lot about the KOA Army is, I was um, actually in Norfolk over the weekend, so I wasn't watching the game, but I knew that Drynan was involved somehow because my every time I emerged back into a place where there's a phone signal, I was getting bare mentions about Drizzy playing. Um, which is lovely. <laughs> Crabwalk says, I'd like it if our fans generally eased up on our scapegoats and wiped the slate clean for Toto, Dinesian, Kenlock, Chambers, etc. They have limitations, but none of them are as bad as that. Many of our supporters seem to think. Ipswich Culture says, I was really pleased with performance. I love seeing Doz and Bish in the midfield together. Really happy with Ward. Looks a decent addition, as well as Hawkins, who showed some good touches and hold-up play. Pleased for the young ones, Dryden and Daba getting their debuts. Um... Skylard, I thought we were decent considering the lineup and makeshift nature of both teams. Lovely link-up play through the thirds and Chambers showing why he's still so important to the club. Lambert has a long way to go to be convincing anyone, though, I'd say. Blue Soap, great pass from Toto for the first. A good overall performance and clean sheet, which was a bonus. I'd happily give clean slates to all players and a manager if we finally see some results worthy of the shirt. I want to get back to Portman Road ASAP and I hope COVID won't stop us doing that. Uh, Dave Gort, this is the formation that suits our squad. Now stick with it, Lambert. Each position has a role and the player will know what is expected of him in that position. Now, my theory to solve the defensive quandary, score lots of goals, best form of defence is attack. FPL tractor, I'm cautiously optimistic. Judges' relative positional di- discipline surprised me. I thought it made him more dangerous and meant he didn't get in Bash's way too much when he drove through the middle. Boys, the next question I want to ask you is, Lambert has consistently said, in the run-up to this season, that if you earn the shirt, you're going to keep it. Now, clearly, obviously, there were injuries, and and it was only a you know a Carabao Cup game. But what what do you reckon? Have the likes of Drynan earned the right to start when when the real business starts on on Sunday? Or are we going to get, are we going to see, see him sort of play tomorrow and then sit on the bench for the rest of the season? What do you reckon? Uh, yes, I think think he's certainly done enough in the short term to keep his shirt. I think I think the whole rotation, the kind of slightly robotic enforced mechanical style of rotation of kind of just sharing out minutes for for the sake of it, sends out the wrong message to the players because it's certainly the ones that are on the fringes. You probably start a game thinking I could play a ten out of ten performance today. And it will still have no no bearing at all on whether I start again the next one. And I mm. think that could demotivate people. So I think that the message is sound in that if you play well, you keep your shirt. Now, does that mean that I think Aaron Drynan is a better player than Hawkins and, and Norwood? No, it doesn't. But I think you have to reward good performances with another chance. And at some point his levels will drop or there'll be an injury and, and the door opens for somebody else. And, and that in turn might keep the flip side of that is that provides a bit of an extra edge to the, to other players, the ones that perhaps do expect to start more games because maybe even on a subconscious level, a little bit of comfort has slipped comfort zone has kind of slipped in with, with some players. So if you kind of feel, hang on a minute, I've got to be, when I do get back in the team, I've got to be on my metal because Aaron Drynan's nipping at my heels, then again, that's got to be a good thing. Hopsy, mm. what's your take on that? Do you think Lambert will be true to his word and, and stick stick with players who maybe wouldn't necessarily be first choice but have earned the shirt through their performance on the pitch? Yeah, I think I, th- I think short term, yeah. Um, you, it, it takes time to earn the shirt, if that makes sense. You can't just... Mm. Play, playing one game doesn't kind of 
secure. Like Aaron Dryden isn't Ipswich's number nine. Who's going to play forty odd games now just on yeah. the back of this one game? He he did play well. He suits the system in that he he's he can make himself available with his back to goal and bring others into the team. And he can he's got a little bit of a physical edge, um, which which is good. He's different to James Norwood, who Norwood doesn't necessarily offer that same level of focal point, but I probably would argue that Norwood offers a fair amount more of a of a goal threat. But if Drynan's able to sort of bring the midfield into it, and you look that two goals came from Freddie Sears, Judge was dangerous, mm. he get, get the ball into Bishop. If his role is doing that, then 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 great. He he does he does keep the share. And I think at this stage, given that Hawkins um, Hawkins played what fifteen minutes or so at the weekend, I. I don't if if Judge um sorry if Joinan starts this trophy game on on Tuesday night I can't see I can't see him not then starting the the league game as long as he does okay so yeah I I, I can see Lambert sticking to it but only only to a point because there's the you compare right backs Kane Vincent Young you would expect to be a starting right back he is a completely different kind of player to Luke Chambers in that position. And yeah. there, there has to come a point where the, the player that you think offers the most in terms of the team's style and areas you want to attack from and strengths and weaknesses, where that has to come into the equation as well. So I think the days of four and five changes between games are gone, but yeah. I would think slowly over time, the starting 11 will evolve into what they what they see it being. It's just up to those who are in there now to, to keep their place and change their minds. You alluded to it there, Hutchie. Um, the game tomorrow, Arsenal under-21s in the not-for-long trophy. I know you're a big fan of the, the Elf trophy, so I don't want to denigrate it too much. Uh, but in terms of team selection, Rossi, what, what would you like to see Lambert do for that game? Does he does he completely shuffle the pack again or does he keep faith with the guys who, who played on Saturday? What, what do you reckon? Uh, I'll do maybe... I wouldn't do too many changes, but maybe mix up a little bit. Because, um, you know, in a way, they're still treating these as like sort of pre-season games, aren't they? A little bit. Mm. I know they're competitive games, but I wouldn't switch it around too much. I know it's only Arsenal one twenty ones, but, you know, they, they, they're some talented kids in there probably. You know, I know we beat top nine twenty ones last year, but they'll still give us a bit of a test. Um, but, you know, yeah, I'll keep pretty much the same score. Maybe a few players, or maybe Hawkins give him uh, maybe... You know, maybe a start just to give him some minutes, maybe. Mm. Um, I know it's to change subject a little bit, but I want to get Hutch's thoughts on the squad numbers that Dryden and, and Darba got, 19 and 25. Um, I think it's a little bit silly that it, they weren't given squad numbers three weeks ago, but now all of a sudden, quite clearly, they wore those same... Well, Dryden in particular, that was his number last season. So why, why does my Dryden shirt say 26 then that you bought me? Because uh, that was his number. He, oh. he, he was previously 26. Okay. Uh, he is now 25. Uh, fine. Um, Corian Darba, 19. 19's a pretty flexible number. You can wear that. You can wear that wherever you want, really, all over the pitch. It was Jordan Roberts. Um, I'm okay with 19 anywhere on the pitch, really. Preferably uh, not as a fullback. I don't want fullbacks wearing wearing 19. But um, he's 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 all right. He can wear he can wear nineteen in the middle of defence. I've missed this. So this is official, is it? These are they now have earned the squad numbers. Are there any other players who've earned squad numbers? Well, they've only got them because they because they played, and you have to oh, have a squad number to play. You have to have a number, right? So you you can't just you can't just go out there in a blank no blank shirt. They so. did in pre season, didn't they? Yeah. Then, so that everyone else had names and numbers on the shirts, and then the. Uh... The ones that hadn't been officially assigned one were running around in blank shirts. But once they got to a competitive game, they had to uh, they had to sort that out. Stewie, um, I, I want to take a little break in a minute. But um, what do you reckon about tomorrow night? Roscoe saying largely kind of keep it the same. Is that is that what you do? Is that what you expect Lambert to do? I think there'll be an element. There'll be a few changes. Of course, there will. Um, yeah. But. And it's also dictated by the fact that a lot of the players that didn't play on Saturday are carrying knocks anyway. So, again, I think if you were being precautionary with them on Saturday, I don't see that the situation is probably going to have changed too much come Tuesday night. But, yeah, I think it just sends out a bit of a message. As Andy says, it's not long-term the strongest team will emerge. 
at some point. And we all know that Kane, Vincent Young will be in their strongest team when fit. Mm. Um, Norwood slash Hawkins will will probably end up as the, the central striker. But um, I just think short term, it sends out a bit of a message. It's all very well telling everybody that you're going to change the rotation and you keep the shirt if you play well. I think you've got to back that up. And if your first selection in terms of a following up a performance of the season has to kind of back up that message. So, yeah, some, something fairly similar, I, I would hope. Mm. Stu, do you think um, we've never really spoken of this has never had any relevance whatsoever, really. But do you think the, the pride, there's, there's prize money on offer for all of these games at a time where they're not able to bring any cash into the club? really at all they they could earn i think it's 10 grand if they win this game do you think that's going to make them to make i know it's not in football terms that's not an awful lot of money but at the moment that takes on that little bit more importance doesn't it like they'd have got some cash for getting through this cup game on on um on saturday yeah hadn't considered that but you say it's not a lot of money in football terms but if they're looking at making redundancies you're getting you're getting halfway to somebody's wage behind the scenes or whatever aren't you for those those sort of money for for a year so um hadn't considered that very good very good point yeah the, all, thanks you all the extra money the better, <laughs> I imagine. well well done andy good good point well made um boys we've still got injuries we've still got flynn downs and we've still got lambert to talk about but i want to take a small break there's not going to be a strike at this point in, in the proceedings because we're saving that for the live pod, obviously. That's one of our big showpiece things. But we've not had, since March, we haven't had an MBQ. So I want to have one now. Mark's big question. Question. Hutchie, give me a number between 1 and 25. Is this the same list that was ongoing up until March, or is it a, complete, it, or is it a new...? It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's kind of edited and updated. There are still a few things that were on there, but I've, I've deleted some and added some. So go for it. Do your worst. What, one, to tw- 1 to 25. Well, it's got to be 25 for Aaron Drynan, isn't it? Okay, 20. Yeah, good point. 25. If you could know the date of your death, but not the method... Would you want to know? Uh... Rossi, what are you saying? So you know you know when you're going to die, but you don't know how. No, I don't. I, I want it to be a surprise. That's all we can hope for. <laughs> death, death is a surprise. <laughs> a lovely surprise. Yeah. Um, okay, nice. Uh, Hutchie, what are you saying? Uh... This would uh, no, probably no as well because you'd get to the day of your, particularly if you drew like a low, like one that's like what three weeks in the future or something. Exactly, yeah, that's you'd, that's a danger. Like if it, it say I was lucky and I got another fifty years, I'd yeah. be I'd be okay with just getting the date. That's absolutely fine. But if I suddenly got a, a, a recent one and I was like didn't know how I was going to die, what on earth do you do that day? You. You can't, you, you, you can't you mitigate it. You can't because you don't know. So, yeah, I'd, I'd probably say no. I'd probably take the surprise. Just I suppose. Like I suppose, like you say, if um, if you're told sort of four four weeks in, in the future, and on that day you think, right, I'm going to beat the Reaper by staying in and not doing anything. Oh. But can can you? You can't beat it though, can you? Because that would already have been taken into account. So you, you'll end up dying at home. Who knows, Siri? What are you saying? Yeah, gut instinct was ignorance is bliss. Yeah. I think it would put a lot of pressure on you to kind of live your life a different way. Yeah. Um, but I think you could beat the Reaper. Like, what was it Final Destination was basically this, wasn't it? The concept yeah. of trying to sort of... What? I don't know. Maybe you, could you just get yourself into some sort of bubble-wrapped room for 24 hours and just make sure... <laughs> but, you know, but what if your method of death was suffocation? Exactly. Or... or you, I'll, being allergic to bubble wrap suddenly. Okay. You, uh, you're going to struggle to beat death. He's a clever guy. Yeah. Paul Lambert says you cannot beat Father Time, and I think um, I think you cannot beat the Reaper either. 
But the thing is, if you did know it was in like another month, another year, or whatever, it would you would change what you're doing. Like, I, I wouldn't be coming into work. Exactly. I wouldn't be spending think... an hour talking here with you guys. With oh, that, that's a shame. Um, I, I agree with you for that for that reason, Stuart. I think I'd want to know because I think it would alter the way I live my life for the better. Um, so if I if I was told that I had two years, I you know what I do in those two years would be very different to what I'm probably going to do actually in those two years. So I'd, I'd probably want to know. Um, I'm not sure. I'd, not sure I want my death to be a surprise, a lovely surprise, as Ross <laughs> Ross goes so nicely put it. Um, there you go. Then that's the return of Mark's big question. I enjoyed it. Who knows when we'll have another? Um, but I know a few people have been saying they've they've missed it. So there you go. Mark's big question on the subject of death. Cheery. <laughs> um, <laughs> from death boys to injuries, we need an injury update. Obviously, KVY was out uh, at the weekend. How how are we how are we fixed with all the various injuries that um have been nagging. I, I've noted the, the word little knock is in, is in um, the very tiny, kind of... Tiny little knock. Tiny little knock is in frequent circulation in, in the build-up to this season. So are we expecting the likes of KVY and, and Norwood and people like that to return in time for, for Wigan? Is there an update on that? Uh, there's no update, is there, Andy? It's just uh, a lot of them have kind of been described as precautionary measures mm. measures so far but um we we'll find out won't we in the, the course of the next few days whether that's um they've been downplaying some of these injuries mm. or, yeah. or not i think i think if taking vincent young um norwood and and jackson and even skews if they if they're not involved tomorrow in the arsenal game i can't i can't see them then Sort of parachuting in, certainly not to start the Wigan game. I, I think all of them, all of them would need minutes to be ready to play a league game. I would say, particularly given that the team's done done well so far. Yeah. I also want to touch on boys before we get on to, to Flynn Downs. Paul Lambert, generally, uh, obviously there was um, rumours circulating, shall we say, last last week that he was not long for the job, which which obviously was. Uh, was not never going to be the case, but um, I I text you Friday morning, Stu. I was off, but I was I was concerned. It was your first kind of Zoom press conference with Lambo, and everything we've heard from him pre-season is that he's been fiery and blunt and and kind of straight talking, angry Lambo. Perhaps hints of honey badger from days days of yore. Um, and I I text you and said how was he, and you said he was fine. So, um, how how what's your take on kind of Lambo's mood and, and demeanour? Heading into the, the serious business this weekend, Stewie. Yeah, he was he was fine on on the Zoom chat. I didn't know how he was going to be chatting chatting to all of us, um, but he was he was fine. Very um, very cordial. Had a little laugh with us before we got started. He he was absolutely fine. Um, he was asked about uh, you know the response. Was he pleased with the response on Saturday? given the disappointment of the Cambridge performance. Mm. And he kind of down scoffed at that, downplayed it. I never made, I, you know, I never made anything of that Cambridge game. It was, you know, it wasn't a real game. It didn't matter. Let me tell you, he, he did privately. Um, we're told that that dressing room was quite a fiery place after the Cambridge game. Stuart Taylor, his assistant came out and made it very clear. They were disappointed with it. Mm. Said, said publicly that words had been exchanged in, in the dressing room. So, Behind the scenes, from what we're hearing, Honey Badger Mode is very much engaged at the moment. Um, how do I feel about that? Part of me quite likes it because, I, as I said before, the kind of the nicey nicey Paul Lambert approach unnerves me a little bit because I don't think that's him. Yeah, and I think the most successful times in his career as, as a manager has been when he's when he's been like he's being now, um, you know, you, you're in the team, you're out the team. I'll, I don't care about reputations. I'll make you train with the kids, etc. If that works for him, um, and it's gonna and it's gonna get results for the team, then then so be it. I mean, it's it's a difficult, it's a it's a tough game to play because if it backfires on you, you, you know, it's the consequences are huge because if you if uh, if it doesn't bring results and you lose the dressing room, then 
it leaves the owner with with a big decision to make. So time time will tell. But maybe he's thinking he's, he's got his long term contract. This is the route he's going to go down this year. It, it might pay dividends. It it might not. Mm. Hutchie, any thoughts on on Lambo's demeanour going into the season? Are you, are you happy to kind of see a more more scowly, more blunt Lambo perhaps going into this season? I think mean, we've we've always talked about him getting away from from being himself. Mm. Um, and you have to be yourself. If you're not yourself, that's going to fall down at some point. So, yeah, if he's if he's him, if he's being himself and he's being true to to how he is, whether you like that or not, I, I think that has to be a good thing because that's how you're going to get the best Paul Lambert. Um, mm. I must say, I haven't actually spoken to him since since the Tottenham game, so mm. I, I'm not sure how he's been, um, but. But yeah, he seemed absolutely fine then. Um, reluctant to do the media, but yeah, I, <laughs> I think that's yeah, that's just him. But yeah, no, if he's going to be himself, I you live and you live and die by by being yourself. So uh, good luck. A lovely sentiment, Hutchie. Um, I just want to take a few more thoughts from the the Curry Army before we dive headlong into the the Flynn Downs chat to finish the pod. Harry Butcher, does anyone give me a friend of the show? No. Ah, friend of yeah. the show. He says, it's so refreshing seeing Doz and, Biz in the, Doz and Bish in the midfield. I really do believe that we can see them to be more than able replacements for Downs. It's the hope that kills you, he says, on the on the eve of the season, which is which is nice. Sindra Eliasson, our Norwegian friend, I, I got in trouble for calling him Danish the other day. Um, he says, all I'm feeling is that it's a disgrace that Carabao games are unavailable for fans outside the UK to watch and I follow. Chambo's at fault and Scoose. Uh, which I think is slightly facetious on, on Sindre's behalf. I know he's a big fan of Chambo. Um, John Watson, the aforementioned John Watson, he of the three-litre bladder, potentially. Um, <laughs> <laughs> lots of positives, professional and promising performance. I was originally worried with selection, but the team proved me wrong. It's good to see consistent formation, less playing about the back unnecessarily, good pace, good team performance, and Chambers proved me wrong. Come on, you blues, he says. And, um, yeah, on on that one quickly, the, the yeah. kind of unnecessary playing out from the back. They did mix it up, which uh, which was quite nice to see. They didn't seem completely wedded to it. Holy was allowed to go longer at times if he wanted to, but they mixed it up quite nicely. And and that's the kind of point Andy made in one of the recent pods is like the playing it out the back thing's great, but hmm. allow the players a bit of um, in game intelligence to kind of know when to do it and when not and that that was nice to see joseph says i'm feeling cautiously positive and somewhat frustrated with the negativity which has surrounded the majority of lockdown up the super tractor horses fantastic um casanova crow a delightful name lots of other teams double up out wide usually causes our fullbacks to be pinned back leaving the team to drop deeper to support an out ball isolating the striker and forcing errors that other teams would punish i bet the only plan b will have is to hoof. I see nothing new. And he's accompanied that with a picture of Debbie Downer, a gif, excuse me. So is that something you're concerned about, Hutchie? Um, there needs to be a plan B. Yeah. Um, I, I don't necessarily think that plan B being using it long to Hawkins is necessarily a bad thing. Mm. Um, they they lacked a, an effective plan B last season, even though we didn't really know what plan A was a lot of the time. I don't, I don't think that's necessarily a bad thing. If, if that, if a game requires it, I think that's why they've signed Ollie Hawkins. Um, I don't necessarily think that's a bad thing at all. Cause you, you need to mix it up to, to win ugly um, if you need to. And it'd be good to have, to have that in their, their armory. But I, I'm, I'm encouraged by what plan A seems to be. I'm looking forward to seeing plan A develop, but it's, you have to have a plan B and, I, and I've got no problem with it being a longer a longer way to go. In life, as in football, you always need a plan B and a C and a D and an E. Nigel G, Roscoe, give us a friend of the show. Friend of the show. Oh, my nice. girlfriend has looked at me very weird while I do that. <laughs> she, to be fair, she must look at you weird most of the time, to be honest. Um, yeah. Nigel, Nigel G says, good positive performance, the secret weapon, a.k.a. A, a Drizzly, A Drizzly has been unleashed. <laughs> However, Bristol were poor with little threat. I'll reserve judgment on the defence until they have a proper test. Christian Davis, an enjoyable victory in performance, certainly wasn't a display that reflected a squad of players that are in unrest under Lambert's leadership. 
Kevin says, really impressed with our showing. Thought Ward was really good. Best I've seen Dizelle in ages, but he does need to track back better. HMS Pista League is back on, boys. 100 points, 200 goals, Kevin. Um, I don't know if you've been drinking before that, but I like it. Peter, you refer to yourselves as the Kings of Anglia. This is Peter who set us the, the mastermind task, which uh, we both kind of failed miserably at, actually, if you remember. Whereas the actual well, Kings of Anglia... One, one of us failed more miserably than the other. Yeah, you beat me by a point. Fair play, but the scores weren't high. Um, anyway, he says, the actual Kings of Anglia are ITFC, the team and its players. I consider you more as the Thomas Cromwells of Anglia, the influencers that sit behind the throne. Any chance of a rebrand? So we're kind of more of the um, the, the king's hand, the uh, Tyrion, if you like, Tyrion Lannisters. Um, I'm not sure that works well for a, a name of a pod. I'd be that li- the, the bald guy, wouldn't I, with, with, no, with no dick. The, oh, with... <laughs> Uh, what's his name the geezer got yeah the geezer got um, incinerated by the by the dragon had all the sparrows um, what's his name oh I Come can't on. remember your daughter's named after a Game of Thrones character how can you not know this how can you not know this everyone anyway. knows the high sparrow no no it, um, uh, we'll come back to that Josh Smith says so many positives I was really impressed by Giselle playing in a deep midfield role um, I'm also glad to see Toto back and playing well. We just need to play like this consistently, and every player on Saturday really did well. David Fleischer, who features on your preseason preview, game day extra time, as we called it. Uh, Roscoe, cautiously, cautiously optimistic, hoping Lambert is true to his word about players keeping their place as a settled side is key for me, especially when we meet better sides than Bristol Rovers. An excellent start. And Matt Thomas, finally, a friend of the show, friend of the show. Um, I said I'd already had an obligatory bet on us winning League One, but now I feel painfully optimistic for the season. A solid win with a positive style, and with Norwood, Downs, KBY, and Jackson to return. Simply, if we don't go up the season, we're in trouble with the salary cap as it is. That's a perfect segue into. He mentions their Downs to come back. Uh, and obviously, that one of the main things of last week was Downs originally due to play. Obviously, would normally be the first name on the team sheet, um, but then it was announced. Uh, I can't remember on Thursday. I think it was. Lambert said he would not be considered um, because he was unsettled by the various bids from the Premier League for him. Um, so, first of all, uh, Stewie, if you can we can have an update on the down thing and also we'll, we'll go around the whole down band, taking out, taking our thoughts on it. So, Downs, what are you saying, Stewie? Today, today is Monday, so he's having his chat with, with Lambert today to see how how his head is. He was, you know, basically been told to go away, have a few days to clear his head. Mm. Um, I think basically the conversation was that Lambert says he'd named him in the team. Then he had an individual chat with him. I think Flynn was very honest. Uh, He was asked sort of how he's feeling about everything with the transfer request. And he just said, I'll I'll be honest with you. I think my head is, is all over the place at the moment. Um, I think it's important to say that we've only had Lambert's version of, that conversation thus far. Um, so it will, I, I don't know where we go back, how you kind of turn the clock back on these events with Flynn Downs now. I just think it's a very difficult thing to put back in the box now it's out mm. there. Um, his reputation amongst fans has, has taken taken a hit from this. Um but it's just, it just seems to have all come out in the open far, far too early in the process. I think a transfer request is something that you put in to get a move over the line when the two clubs are just really close. Yeah. And it's getting towards a deadline. But for this to happen with still a month to go on the window and there's still seven games to play before the domestic window shuts, it's going to make it for, for a messy situation over these next few weeks. Um it was interesting, wasn't it? Because obviously Lambert got asked about that on Friday and, and he said basically he would have played had he been in the same position. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he, that's what, what he said. He said because Flynn's been playing well in pre-season and he, mm. he had a really good game against West Ham. He played like a a player possessed in, in that game, um, mm. arguably with one of his main potential suitors, uh, a club that's sort of close to his heart kind of obviously watching so um i don't know what especially this whole kind of message of you you play well you keep the shirt i think you know john nolan certainly had a had a good game on on saturday Mm. we've talked about central midfield being an area of the team where they're certainly not short of options um 
I don't know. Can we can we see him coming back into the team? Be it be it Sunday, be it in the next few weeks, Andy. What are your thoughts? It's a lot. It's a fair way back. It feels to me. Clearly, clearly, he's good enough to be in the team. But I don't know how you suddenly go from needing time off to clear your head and missing games to playing again a week later. I don't. If from Flynn's point of view, he's not going to have changed his mind and not want to join Crystal Palace. Mm. Um, that's not going to have changed. If if that was me, if I'm taking if I'm taking time off to think about something, and I was really keen to move, having that time is only going to make me stew more and 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 want the move more. I I, I think, um, but hopefully hopefully he can use that use that time to maybe square off in his mind that it might not happen for him now and that he might have to wait. Look, undoubtedly, he's going to he's gonna play at a higher level than League One in the future, be that with Ipswich or, or elsewhere. But he, if he's going to come back into this Ipswich side and be the player we know he can be and, and do himself justice as well, because he needs to, if he does start playing, he needs to do himself justice and, and show people that he, he's good enough to make the jump, that he, that he clearly believes he's he's good enough to make and that Crystal Palace believe he's good enough to make, but he's going to need to be squared off in his mind that actually this might not happen for me now, even if he still has a burning desire for it to happen. So I don't know. Everybody's different. He's mm. a young, he's a young lad. Um, he's spoken quite openly before about how he's had um, sort of struggles with things and sort of mental, the mental side of things and, has needed help there, and I just hope there are people around him that can that can help him. Because what would be a real shame is if the move doesn't happen for him and his football suffers for it. Because he he loves playing football, and he needs to be playing football mm. and, and and to show everybody exactly what he can do. Mm. I do wonder how much of it is the agent getting his ear as well and saying don't play, don't get cup tied, can't risk any injuries, that kind of thing, which must be really difficult for a, for a young lad who as you say, loves playing football, um, to have all that kind of extra politics around something. Roscoe, um, you spoke to uh, a bunch of fans, as I've already said, David, Liam and um, T-Sex on your, your game day extra time preview last week. One of the, the, the key topics was downs. What's your take on downs and, and, and what do you think the fans make of the, the Flynn situation? The thing is, we don't know too much really, do we, about what's really going on going on behind the scenes so you can't really go too much into it but um i know that's changed a lot of fans opinions or maybe downs they're like going okay downs you know go away then go to palace blah 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 um sit in their reserves yeah. and you know so i think there's, there's some fans like that but there's some fans who maybe not like for myself i won't begrudge him you know he's making this decision because he maybe just wants that move you know is a yeah what a move for him you know london club premier league you know, Crystal Palace, I do think he could get into the Crystal Palace team, you know. Why not? He's done well mm. the last few years. Um, you know, I'd be disappointed to see him go, but as we said last week, we are very well stocked in that position. Maybe not as good quality as Downs, but I feel, you know, that won't be a position that I feel we're, we're lacking going forward. Mm. Who, just out of interest, obviously Nolan stepped in on, on Saturday. Who is the best replacement in the squad for, for Downs, you reckon, Ross? Um, maybe, maybe Hughes. Maybe he can sort of play that role if he wants to. Mm. Um, of course, Scoose would be as well. But um, you know, more going forward, you know, Scoose. I don't know. This could be his last season. Maybe I don't know. Um, mm. But maybe, maybe Hughes. Maybe yeah. What would you say, um, Pachi, in terms of natural replacement for Downs? Obviously, there are in terms of his, his overall ability. There's not an obvious replacement. But who would you stick in there? Um. I, like I said earlier, I was surprised that it wasn't it wasn't Hughes. Yeah, uh, but none. I don't think anybody's got the the same level of bite that that he has. Just taking ability away from it, I think in terms mm. of just simple attributes, there there isn't a player with the with the bite of of Downs in mm. there. But but um, if he was to go, I I wouldn't I wouldn't see the need necessarily for Ipswich to go out and. Um, and recruit they there's enough there to rejig things and 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 go with what they've got i i would say 
Um, but yeah, in terms of the bite and the, the drive, there's not, it's not quite. I think in terms of the drive, Hughes is probably the closest thing they've got in terms of a kind of a box to box replacement. And that's kind of the role that Downs had probably been earmarked to play that you've mm. got the, the deep lying playmaker in, in Dazelle. You've got the, the dribbler in Bishop and uh, then Downs would be the, you know, the enforcer, the box-to-box man. And certainly Hughes has got that box-to-box energy. He's not quite the same in terms of tenacity and tackling and breaking play up. And there's an argument that against a, a technical Bristol Rovers midfield, it was fine on Saturday. But against a more robust team, does Dazelle need a bit of an enforcer there to kind of protect him and help him out in, in that respect, possibly. Um, yeah, listen, if anyone's kidding themselves that Ipswich won't miss Flynn Downs, then think again, because he's their best player and it will hurt them, him leaving. Um, it, the question would be, I think they would have to go with what they've got in midfield and try and find a way of making it work and even if some of those funds were made available, which I'm not convinced, it's like, you know, you you don't get the whole amount up front. And then Marcus Evans may look to kind of offset some of these huge losses from COVID, which I guess is understandable. So, but there might be other areas of the team, perhaps the wide areas, I think, you know, getting goals from, from the wide areas is going to be a big thing this season. So, we'll see. No, I mean, Nolan, Nolan what I will say, Nolan's, favour is that I think he gets in the box a lot more than a lot of the other midfielders we saw he had a good penalty appeal turned down early on in the game he had a couple of other chances where he got himself into the box I think with a run of games he could get you some goals from midfield and I think in a 4-3-3 that's going to be vital as well Okay boys, um, let's take the final couple of thoughts uh, and then we we should maybe take our leave. Nadine Fulcher says she's feeling optimistic Thought Town played really well and well done to Sears. Great to see him score. Great for him. And King Arthur Pickthorn, Pickthorn finally. finally. Impressed, impressed and slightly, and slightly surprised, surprised that Lambert has so openly admitted getting it wrong last season. The squad is definitely too big and has been for a while. But ironically, with the pack schedule this season, we may need to rotate. Um, so that's all the KOA Army thoughts. Mostly feeling positive after Saturday. Um, Stu, I've just looked it up. It's It was Lord Varys. That you're comparing yourself to, uh, so you're you're the dick, you're the dickless whisperer, Lord Varys. That's what you're you're, you're calling yourself. Um, the, the eunuch, boys, the eunuch. Yeah, probably sounds better than dickless. Um, boys, is there anything else to discuss before we uh, we take our leave? Anything else you want to mention? No other business. No other business. Roscoe. Ditto. Ditto. Okay, all that leaves then is for me just to remind you, of course, about the live pod on Wednesday, 7pm, Kings of Anglia Live 2, hashtag KOA Live 2. Um, sign up if you haven't already on the Zoom link. All the boys will be tweeting it today and I'll be sharing it by the, the Kings of Anglia Twitter page. Please do come and join us. Um, we're going to have some beer. We're going to talk about town season ahead and there's going to be a live strike, so nothing can go wrong there. Um, also follow us on Kings of Anglia across all the social medias, Twitter, Facebook, YouTube. Instagram, um, all those are growing daily, which is fantastic. And leave us a five-star review on iTunes because that helps us greatly with the visibility in the charts. And we want to be the top podcast which features Ipswich Town and Kings. Um, one day we'll overhaul the Kings of Anglia, Kings of Leon podcast, excuse me. Boys, Ipswich Town are up and running. They're unbeaten. They're through in the cup. It's magnificent. A Drizzy is the starting striker. All my dreams have come true. We'll speak to everyone on Wednesday at the live pod. Let's hit the club. to football, Brexit to Pokeville. For more great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.
find football, Brexit to Vodafone. More great podcasts from Archon, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archon.